This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Coming up next, we have a Vote 2020 interview with Dale Stevens, who is the national candidate for Christchurch Central. Tēnā koutou katoa, nau mai ki te puti rua mānu rua te kau. Ki kone mato i te whare wananga o Otago i tēnera. Ki te korero mato me Dale Stevens, ko Kate Hellings tuku ingoa. Ka korero tato moti ao Māori o nga mahi Torangapu. Whakawhitai moti hone mai ki a mato i tēnera. Tēnā koe. Oh, kia ora. Uh, nā reira, uh, ki ngā, ngā tangata ki kua nei, uh, tēnā koutou, uh, ngā tangata e, ma, e mātakitaki tēnei uh, hōtaka, tēnā koutou katoa. Uh, ko wai au, uh, ko whangatau te te maunga, ko te one roa atohi te moana, ko ngā atoki matawharu te waka, ko nukutāwhiti te tangata te tūpuna i rungi i te waka, ko te rārua te iwi, ko moitonga te hāpū, ko te oha ki te marae, ko Dale Alte Stevens tāku ingoa. Nā reira, ko whānau au ki o tautahi, tipu ai ki kora, nā reira, Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, a kia ora ana mai tātou katoa. Kia ora, and welcome to this episode of Vote 2020. We are here in the Otago Media Studio on the University of Otago campus. Today I have the great privilege of interviewing Dale Stevens, where we'll be talking about Māori, uh, the political processes in New Zealand, and also Māori political participation. One of the, the questions that I think a lot of non-Māori ask is what is the role of the Māori electorates, mm-hmm. and what does that mean to Māori? And I was just wondering if you could speak for Pā- you know, to Pākehā about what this means for, for Māori. Right, so back in the 1860s, four Māori seats were established the intention of being held for one parliamentary term to get Māori involved and then, then let them step in on their own rights. Of course, at that time, uh, quick, you, you'd know this anyway, but, you know, only male Māori who were 30 years old and owned land in their own name could vote. So that eliminated 90% of Māori and left just a handful. So the idea of having four Māori seats had to continue until the system allowed for fuller participation by Māori in the system. Where we're at now is I think we've got, you know, the Māori seats have increased over the year as Māori numbers have increased and those self-selecting going to the Māori role has increased. Where I think there's an issue is that there are still many people who don't understand the construction of a Māori uh, seat and actually what they're trying to achieve. And so I get a little bit hoha when I hear um, members of parliament who hold Māori seats saying we speak for Māori because in fact that's not true. All 120 MPs in parliament at one stage or another speak for Māori including the 25 Māori sprinkled throughout the parties holding list seats or holding general seats and they are uh, supporting and and trying to grow opportunities for Māori. So Māori seats are important because it gives people an opportunity for a separate voice but for Māori, it's not the only voice. Now, I know the voting patterns for Māori in my electorate that are not in the Māori seat, they're very much in line with the non-Māori voting patterns in the electorate, and you find that across the country. Aspirational Māori vote for national if they want to be successful in business and they want to you know, take that chance to be innovative. It doesn't just have to be under the umbrella of the Māori seats. How do you see the role of the, tre- of the Treaty of Waitangi in the future? Yeah. Well, it's a core part of the founding documents of New Zealand, the Constitution, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I see it as hugely important. And also, you know, you have to go back to 75 when the first Treaty of Waitangi legislation came in. 
uh, after 40, 50 years of complete dormancy, when the country paid no attention to it whatever, whatsoever. That, that 75 is a, a, you know, an important period for us, and then leading through to the 90s, when um, central government, local government, started referring to the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi and legislation. Now, the principles are actually what form the partnership going forward. And the principles are, you know, they've been tested in court and they've been tested in contractual arrangements. I think that if we continue down that track, paying respect to the treaty and understanding the growth and embodiment of the principles, I think we're going to get to a really good place. There has been in New Zealand, and particularly as I guess an academic of politics, um, concern over the lack of Māori political participation. And there's, re- there's reasons for that, and um, institutional racism is one. How do you engage Māori in, in a system? So you're talking about uh, Māori participation, not in politics, but in, in the, the system. system. Yeah, yeah uh, once again, I think there is an opportunity for tikanga Māori to take its place. Uh, I'm aghast, for example, when I speak to young people and Māori that they still do not, and in fact adults, who still don't understand why they have two votes, who still don't understand what's so important about a coalition or what can lead to issues in politics being being askewed, Uh, you know, the tail wagging the dog scenario. And so I just wonder whether, um, we all know politics ain't a sexy topic until six weeks out from an election, but I wonder if we can't um, humanise it and Māoriify it more to make it more the everyday vernacular. It's interesting you say that because on, um, I think it was a breakfast show in the morning that Mark Richardson was on, he proposed an idea that there should be a test for you to qualify to to be able to enrol to vote. Um, I just want you to speak upon that. Should there be a test? Look, I wouldn't actually glorify Mark Richardson's comments. No, Uh, and it comes the same to when you talk about the age for voting. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my wife and I have had many discussions. We look, we've got six children, and we look at them and go, well, yep, she could have voted at 16. Oh, no, no, he couldn't have voted at 16. And that's our own personal view. But we all know that 18-year-olds are still struggling to enrol to show interest. Same would be with 16-year-olds. If 16-year-olds want to enrol and want to vote, then they're interested enough. So why should we hamper them? I know 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds who have no idea what they're doing when they vote, and they've taken no notice whatsoever of policy. So, you know, I think voting should be open to people who actually want to vote, and if they understand the issues and make an informed vote, it doesn't matter what age they are. And I I want to talk about one last thing about disenfranchisement. Sure. Um, And it is a bit of a hairy question, I recognise that. Um, But the 2020 Waitangi Tribunal report came out Mm -hmm. um, that did criticise the National Party legislation on prisoner voting ban. Do you think that a a total repeal of the prisoner voting ban would start to address this voter disenfranchisement for for Māori? I, I think this is way too high a level. Yeah. And the issue is not um, disenfranchisement of Māori in prisons. The issue is they're getting into prison in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a whole lot of social issues that you will uncover if you you dig into this about how Māori get to be overrepresented in prison. You know, I had 20 years in the police. Um, I was embarrassed at how Māori were treated. You know, I had a a brother producing Māori programs. I had a sister professor of Māori law and I was arresting Māori. And the inequity of what I saw taking place um, and... A lot of times it wasn't intentional. It was just, well, this is the system, you know. Um, well, let's change the system. Let's rewrite the system. Let's understand better 
the psychology behind ethnic groups and you know the greatest example is Māori are more likely to get COVID. You know, Māori nearly distinguished as a race in the early 1900s because they had never been exposed to European illnesses. So there's still a weakness there that we're working through and through the health system. So if we were to deal with that, then the representation issue could be worked through better. Now you want to talk about voting and prisoners' rights. My personal view is that when you commit a crime that has you... Are eligible for and incarcerated, then that crime is bad enough to take you out of society. You can vote when you get back into society and vote the right. So I want to thank you for your time today, Dale, um, and I wish you all the best for your campaign trail. So thank you very much. Welcome back to the Radio 191 FM politics show. That was the Vote 2020 interview with Dale Stevens, who is the National Party candidate for Christchurch Central and former presenter of Crime Watch. You can tune in to their interview with Labour MP Tamaki Coffee on their Facebook page this evening. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.